friends, and welcome to In the Know with Exonify, your 25-minute TLDR into the biggest topics impacting the workplace today. I'm JD. I'm the Chief Learning Architect at Exonify, and today we've got a jam-packed episode for you, and it's all about content. I know, I know, content can be a massive headache. Good content takes a lot of time to build, it takes a lot of effort to maintain, it's expensive to buy, and it's just getting harder to keep up with the content demands of fast-changing, highly regulated businesses. And I'm curious, for all of you out there that are watching live on LinkedIn or YouTube right now, what's the single biggest challenge that you're facing when it comes to content in your workplace learning practices? So let us know in the chat right now, what are the biggest challenges that you're facing when it comes to content? because we're gonna talk about several familiar content challenges today with our special guest, who's an instructional designer in a fast-changing and highly regulated business. Inger Carreras from Sonnen Insurance is gonna be here to share her approach to building content agility by applying curation and artificial intelligence to accelerate the content process. But before we say hello to Ingrid, let's dive into our feature story. The content struggle is real. Every idea out there wants to build high quality, high impact content that aligns with solid learning principles, but it's just too difficult to do that and keep up with business change a lot of the times. As a result, most workplace learning content is just overstuffed. We often only have access to our audience for small windows of time, so we end up having to cram all of that information that our stakeholders demand into our content. That makes a lot of content irrelevant. It's not designed to meet everyone's individual needs, meaning in a lot of cases, it's not really designed to meet anyone's needs. Content's also expensive. It doesn't matter if you buy it or if you build it using hours of specialty uh, talent, subject matter expert review, and stakeholder reviews. And all of these steps make a lot of content slow to deploy. By the time you get that course out into the world, the problem has changed, or the business has moved on to that next big priority. And content can be hard to access for a majority of the workforce. It doesn't matter if you build a great course, if an employee will never be near a desktop computer to use it because they do their job at the deli counter in the grocery store. And let's be honest, a lot of learning content isn't exactly engaging. And I don't mean I can click a lot of things engaging. I mean interesting, stimulating, enjoyable, simple, something I actually want to do because I know it's going to help me, and just maybe I'll have fun while I'm doing it. And finally, most content doesn't align with the realities of learning. It doesn't matter how much you spend building or buying a course if people can't remember the information they need when they need to use it on the job. So how do we overcome these obstacles to achieve our goal of providing the right content to the right person at the right time to support performance and foster skill development? Well, for me, fixing content begins with a mindset shift. I know we like to roll up our sleeves and devise creative solutions using the latest authoring tools, but we have to abandon our build first mentality in favor of what I call a 3B content strategy. Sure, we're still gonna build plenty of content, but we're only gonna do it when we have to. And that's why the first B is borrow. By borrow, I mean crowdsourcing content from our internal experts, including your frontline teams, as well as using openly available resources. That means articles, blog posts, YouTube videos, basically the internet. So if a topic doesn't require heavy SME vetting, you have limited time and budget, or the information is just changing too quickly to keep up in any other way, find ways to borrow the wisdom of the crowd. The second B is buy. No one should 
ever have to build ladder safety training content ever again. That taken care of. So if the problem has already been solved by a trusted partner, we should buy the content. It's a great idea for topics that are highly regulated but not unique to your business, as well as durable skills like foundational business practices. The last B and the last option is build. We should only build content when the problem is unique. It's a proprietary concept. It's specific to the jobs people in our organization does, or the content just isn't available anywhere else. This is product stuff, culture stuff, process stuff, internal practices and standards. That's when we should spend our limited time and resources building content. So the 3B content strategy is gonna help you increase learning agility, increase the opportunities for skill development within your organization, reduce the strain on your limited L&D resources, and finally help you keep up with the changing needs of your people and your business. That's today's feature story. Today's feature story was brought to you by a very exciting announcement. Today, Exonify announced that we've acquired Nudge, the top-rated deskless employee communication and execution platform. Bringing together the capabilities of Exonify and Nudge will help us simplify the frontline employee experience while providing best-in-class tools for customer-obsessed, frontline-devoted organizations. After all, successful teams don't just get work done, they get it done right the first time. Today is just the beginning of our story and there's a lot more to come as our teams work together to make sure frontline employees have the knowledge, skill, resources, and motivation they need to thrive today and tomorrow. So if you'd like to learn more about this match made on the frontline, head over to exonify.com slash nudge. Now I'm excited to welcome our guest, Ingrid Carreras. Ingrid is a senior bilingual instructional designer and passionate learning practitioner. She specializes in customer service, financial products, telecommunications, and sales training, and has trained and coached professionals in various parts of Canada, the United States, South America, Egypt, and the Philippines. Today, Ingrid works with Sonnet Insurance, whose mission is to provide Canadians with an easy, transparent, and customized way to buy home and auto insurance online. Ingrid Carreras, you're in the know with Exonify. Hello, everyone. Morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's start off by by finding out more about the audience that you support. So could you tell us about the audience at Sonnet and the unique challenges you face as an instructional designer in a fast changing, highly regulated industry? Sure, I can do that. So the insurance that we have, they are all insurance advisors and they support, um, you know, our customers who purchase insurance online. They need to make changes, they need advice on their coverage and billing, things like that. We also have uh, in the audience some specialty groups uh, that answer various inquiries with different levels of authority in Ontario and in Quebec. Uh, we also have like this billing and back office group that has some complex billing queries and renewals and things like that. And uh, our other biggest group is the senior advisors. They handle everything to do with support queue questions, escalations, um, and things like that. So in order to operate, uh, we must have the staff license in all provinces and comply to government regulations. As you know, it's highly regulated. I know you mentioned it. So we always start, you know, with uh, OTL, which is called the Other Than Life in Ontario. We're also having Quebec EMF. Uh, so there's a lot of content there. So our challenge is really we have um, unique groups, but also the language, you know, uh, Quebec has language laws now that we really have to comply to. Um, and let me tell you, even being bilingual can be very challenging. So 
the biggest challenge for individuals that we have is just being able to access the content and information quickly and effectively while interacting with the customers. Uh, we, we go through different channels. It can be you know on the phone or chat or email, things like that. Um, the other challenge is after onboarding. Um, I'm not surprised there. I'm sure a lot of people heard that. They feel like that content overload. It's like so much, right? So with Exonify, you know, we can we can look at some of the delivery learning path, spread it out throughout the entire onboarding and the transition to the production floor. Um, so that's really good. The last big thing I would say is we're challenged with keeping the content accurate. You know, so with Exonify Discover, we were able to update effectively and go through a review process internally and more efficiently. So that's the biggest, uh, these are the biggest challenges. And we're also part of a company, uh, you know, our, our parent company is called Definity. And they're going through this modernization project since last year. So the contact centers, new technologies, new processes, everything. And we're still going through that right now. So you can't imagine the amount of communications we have to send out. So yeah, that's that's just big. I'm tired just hearing about it. So so let's <laughs> dive in. Let's dive, dive into the unique challenges you face and how how it informs the way that you think about and the way that you build and, and deploy content. So in the feature story that I went through, we talked about the importance of building content as a last resort to yeah. maximize resources and keep pace with change. So I'm curious. How do you decide whether you're going to build content to solve a particular problem or address a topic yep. versus uh, pull content from a third party source like Exonify's content marketplace? How do you make that decision? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, you know, we had to rethink how we deliver training and the kind of training as well. That's for sure. And so, what I do is I look at all the resources and the time that we have for specific projects. And you know, training always gets involved near the end of the project. Usually it's common. Um, so it's a really short time. We have always limited resources. And because I'm the only instructional designer right now and for most of the time, so it can be a big challenge. I have some training specialists that can be supporting me as well, but they do a lot of the delivery themselves. So I looked at time resources, then I look at all the co competencies within that project scope that I need, and then I start my research. I always do research. That's probably my favorite part, honestly. And then I start my content curation process. So I can go to our HR LMS, you know, at the Definity Learning. I can look at the existing content within Sonnet. Maybe we have something. Um, I talk to SMEs. I look at all the tools we have, and definitely going through Exonify Content Marketplace. This way, I can really identify what I can leverage versus what I must build. And so typically for marketplace, um, I, I, you know, I look at modules like off the shelf types like customer service skills or live chat, things like that. Awesome. And it's a great point about doing that footwork upfront to understand yeah. the, the limits of your situation, right? The resources you have available at the time, because usually when people ask for training, when you ask when they need it, the answer is yesterday. So <laughs> yes. the realities that you're facing, especially with limited resources, especially if you're a team of one, or maybe you're the only instructional designer or content developer, being realistic about what your options are and then taking advantage of your resources so you can balance those realities out a bit. And I, I, wanna, yeah. I wanna dive into the building side a bit because as, yeah. as I said earlier, we're shifting from building being the default solution to the last resort, but we're still gonna do a lot of content building, especially in, a fast paced kind of unique operating environment. Mm -hmm. The question becomes, 
How do you keep pace and build content as quickly as employees need it, as stakeholders require it? And that's something that Exonify has been really looking at for several years because our question-based approach is really critical to the way that we deliver and the way that we measure learning. And when you have 80% or 90% engagement with tens of thousands of frontline employees, you need to make sure content and relevant content is always ready to go. So that's why we just released, I know Ingrid, you're excited about this feature that you're already using. We yeah. just released a tool that's helping instructional designers build question-based content up to 30% faster called the Content Assistant. So I wanna do a quick tour of yep. what the Content Assistant is. And then Ingrid, I wanna get your feedback and thoughts as an instructional designer who's using this tool in your work today, how it's helping you accelerate your content processes. So uh, let's jump in to a kind of a reenactment of the content assistant process. So as I mentioned, questions are at the core of what we do at Exonify. So Exonify users uh, and customers use a lot of questions. And I mean a lot of questions. One organization has over 35,000 questions in their platform. So when you can't pull the content from a marketplace or a third party, you need to build it fast and at high quality. And that's where the content assistant comes in. So the idea here is that the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna take your source material. So that could be a PDF process document. It could be the Word version of a video script. The, the content on which your training is gonna be based. And in this case, we're gonna, in, uh, we're gonna recreate in a real life example where I'm taking an article I actually wrote for, for Chief Learning Officer Magazine about the importance of manager enablement. And I'm gonna upload that to the content assistant. And then I'm gonna hit the extract button. And what that's gonna do is it's gonna have content assistant read the source text and identify the critical points that we should reinforce in this learning program. So here it's giving me two options. I can either extract the key learning points verbatim from the source, or I can let the content assistant restructure the information based on its understanding of the material. For our example today, I'm gonna to let the content assistant do its thing and it's gonna restructure my source information. So in about five minutes, the content assistant can generate key learning points. So in this case, it extracted 22 key learning points from my article, including the one you see on screen here about burnout. So the most common reason for employees to leave their jobs is burnout and employees feel like they're being uh, treated unfairly, that their workload's unmanageable, and that information isn't timely or reliable, and that performance goals are unreasonable. So that's the key learning point. And here you can see the comparison text from the article that Content Assistant used to generate the key learning point. And you can see how it understood the connection between burnout and people losing their jobs to put that key learning point together. Of course, an ID can manually revise the KLP if the Content Assistant didn't get it quite right, because it is an assistant after all. And then every time you make an edit, it actually improves the accuracy of the AI moving forward. So next, we're going to take the key learning point and we want to generate a question. I could use uh, the content assistant to generate a question for every key learning point on the list, or I could just pick and choose. So here, we're going to pick one, that KLP I just mentioned about burnout. And in real time, the content assistant writes a learning question based on the KLP, and it creates the question, the correct answer, two distractor options, and the explanation. So in this case, our question is, what is the most common reason for employees to leave their jobs? The correct answer is burnout, based on the source content. And then the alternative distractors are the amount of work assigned to them, and their coworkers are too lazy to do the work. And I actually think the distractors are the most interesting part of the story because writing good distractors is often the hardest part of writing a good question. And if you look at the second one, that statement's not from the source content. I wrote the article. I didn't mention the word lazy. I didn't mention that concept. The content assistant generated that sentiment on its own based on its understanding of the topic. 
But if those distractors don't work for you, Content Assistant also gives you alternatives. So an instructional designer can pick from a list of alternative distractors or manually make an edit and again, train the AI to do better next time. So that's a quick look and recreation of what it looks like to write questions using an AI assistant. So Ingrid, I, I'm really excited to get your thoughts and as well as thoughts from anyone out there watching. What's your reaction to, to a tool like the Content Assistant? Drop in the chat right now, what's your one word response to using that type of tool to accelerate your content development prog progress? And uh, Ingrid, I'm interested to get your thoughts. How are you using the Content Assistant at Sonnet? I just want to say my team, uh, and especially my, my co-worker, uh, Christina uh, Brunson, she, uh, she and I, when we heard about this, we were mind blown, honestly, because you would have told me five years ago, JD, that this existed, I'd be like, sure. No, nobody can do that. Like, the person has to do that. You know, writing questions takes a lot of thought. So it, it really, really changed a lot of things. And I have to say, you know, that whole modernization project that we went through and we're still going through, it really helped us out because um, when we, even with the beta version, when we tried, you know, we would just pick a, a key component, like a key piece of information, put into a KLP, click generic question, and that's it. Like I got my multiple choice questions just as you showed. So it's it's incredible. It it accelerated the the build of the content and it showed that, for example, like I was able to create about 15 topics, which includes eight to 10 key learning points in like less than two days on my own. And that was it. It didn't take me weeks on or months sometimes. So I, I just want to say it really changed the game out there for sure. Awesome. And I'm curious, for as an instructional designer, is, it, is this type of technology changing the way you do your job? It really does. It, 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 I don't have the anxiety anymore about, you know, what they need or want because with the AI, you know, uh, and Exonify especially, I know that they will receive that training that is based on their knowledge and learning history. I know it's, it's specific to that individual, right? I know I talk about different group of audience, but everybody is different. So to me, that's just fantastic. I don't worry about that anymore. I just want to make sure they have accurate high quality content. And I know I can get that uh, effectively and efficiently. So the technology to work to trigger training refreshers and the right content to each unique individual is amazing because we know that one size doesn't fit all anymore and that that doesn't work. And we need to customize the training to each individual and not just the group. So again, it gives us more time to focus on other things because there's so many great things and um, initiatives that we want to do like engagement and uh, also re reward strategies and communication strategies. So it's just fantastic. It's just help me to just be more effective in my job every day. That's, that's a great point. And I think your, your story is so powerful because it really shows that balancing act of, you know, you're one designer, you're supporting a large audience that, that do different types of work in a fast changing environment that also has the regulatory considerations with it. That also has complexities like uh, language and you making sure everyone gets an equitable experience. And while technology doesn't replace your role by any means, it, it augments, right? It allows yep. you to move faster. And I really like what you said at the end there to focus your energy and your skills on the right things, rather than have to worry about everything. You're worried yep. about the parts that really matter where the kind of human part of our capability comes into play while technology helps you move quicker, helps you work at scale and helps you personalize across your audience. Exactly. Exactly. 
And I'm curious, I, I believe in your story, you also highlight the fact that this type of content agility in the way that you're looking at solving problems now, it's not just helping you kind of keep up with business change, it's also improving the opportunities employees have so there's more chance for people to upskill and cross train. Oh, 100%. Like I said, we we uh, we we had some changes. We became omni-channel, and suddenly people were just taking chats, had to take phone calls. Can't imagine that anxiety that they have, or vice versa. It's like I don't know how to type so fast. Like, how am I going to learn that, right? Um, so it definitely showed, um, you know, the ability for us for upskilling, and we know how important it is now with the great resignation. Um, so what we've seen is better engagement server result overall. It was just tremendous. Um, their quality scores as well improved in the knowledge and process section. That was always that part that created a lot of anxiety to the, to the advisors because before they were like trying to search for something, the search functionality wasn't working well. It had to be the exact word. When Exonify, you don't have to worry about that. In other words, we also have uh, the core business changes that we were able to meet, uh, such the shift from you know measuring our uh, agents uh, or advisors, I should say, from CSAT to NPS or so the Net Promoter Score as a KPI now. So that really helped boost that. We even got training on what NPS means from Exonify Content Marketplace. And the modernization initiative that I mentioned earlier, there's less resistant to the change because they feel they can see what it does for them. They can see it's personalized. They can search for what they're looking for. So they're definitely more engaged and the quality scores are just much better. Overall, the business is just winning there. And again, great connection point with regards to not just scaling learning for the sake of learning, but connecting it to meaningful outcomes and driving business results through an improved experience, um, despite the limited time, limited resources, and highly regulated environment in which you work. So I have one more question for you, yeah. uh, and it's related to anyone out there who's watching right now who's thinking about these same challenges, right? Having a hard time building content quickly enough to keep pace with the change of their business, having stakeholders always asking for training, and like you mentioned, often asking late in the game, which puts us further behind uh, when it comes to trying to meet the needs of all of the different people we support. So what's your recommendation on how instructional designers can move away from always thinking build first to mm -hmm. adopt this more agile approach where you're really curating resources and building what you have to build? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll say start with connecting with other like-minded professionals in your organization, because this is where you'll be able to leverage some content. You you never know, right? Uh, it's the, Organizations can be big and teams work independently sometimes. And now being, you know, a hybrid model, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. So make sure you have ways to connect with them. You know, we have, for example, HR services, uh, a Definity that has a, a fantastic L&D team there that I can, you know, leverage some content from. Um, also, ask questions I'm meaning. Like, you know, see what's out there for you to leverage. Just, just be curious. Just stay curious. Uh, but you have to get that seat at the table. So partner really well with your stakeholder, build and strengthen that relationship, stay in touch with them, and you know also return the favors, share also your own learning um, that, you, that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's your, I would say, first thing internally in your organization, but also go into some professional networks like uh, associations like the ATD, the Association for Talent Development that I'm you know, part of, and I also got my CPTD designation from. 
those groups on LinkedIn also can help. Like they have so many people with the same issues, the same challenges and business changes that we're going through right now. So do that. Be curious, join them, follow them and follow people like you, JD, as well. Like, you know, uh, who knows a lot about learning and, and, and development. Um, other things that I do, though, is I, uh, I do go once in a while to some webinars, you know, out there uh, from different organizations, um, you know, like Learning Guild and those kinds of things. And I recently attended one, actually, about knowledge management with the great resignation and, uh, you know, how people are leaving their job with the knowledge. So how do we avoid that going forward? So that, for example, is helping me now in my current job, thinking about what we're doing, how we can improve. Um, so stay open-minded, I would say, as a last word. Do that constant research on trends and what's going on out there, what people are doing, trying, uh, testing. Learn from them. You, you might have the same challenges that they have. All great tips that definitely resonate with me. I appreciate the plug as well, but I know yeah. that a big part of it, a big part of evolving and keeping pace with change is getting outside the bubble of our organizations to understand, like you said, a yeah. lot of people are facing similar challenges. A lot of people might have already solved these challenges. And I also want to echo back to something you said in the very beginning of our conversation, which is the importance of that research step, right? Making sure yeah. that you're, you're digging into the problem and understanding the different ways we can approach it rather than just defaulting to, well, we have to build a course every time someone comes looking for training. So. Exactly. Yeah, I'll exactly. Be agile, be open-minded, change things. Don't be afraid of asking questions. Let's That's a great it. place to wrap up. So Ingrid, again, thanks so much for hanging out with us today and sharing your experience and insights. How can people connect with you and follow the work that you're doing and leverage you as a resource so they can improve yeah. their skills? Of course. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. And anyone can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me, Ingrid Carreras. That's me. So th thanks again. Have a great day. Awesome. Thanks again, Ingrid, so much. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on today's show. If you enjoyed your time with us today, be sure to check out all of our past episodes. You can find the entire In The Know collection on the Exonify YouTube channel. You can also listen to the audio version of In The Know with Exonify on your favorite podcast app. Join us in two weeks for the very next episode of In The Know. We'll be chatting with John Hinchcliffe, the head of engagement at Jampan and founder of the global learning and development community, who's gonna help us understand the essential skills required to be successful as an L&D pro in today's workplace. I have a feeling conducting great research might be part of that conversation. Until then, I've been JD, now you're In The Know, and always remember to ask yourself the important questions. Like, why do we say the alarm is going off when it actually just turned on. I'll see you next time.